Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next time, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Daryl Hall and John Oates, Sean Diddy Combs, Jonathan Major, Lenny Kravis, Ozzy Osbourne, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Act Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, find the lyrics. Start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones. Give where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347 656 and press the number one. Also, the chat room is now open, so if you want to put your comments into the chat room, um, if time permits, I'll be able to read them out loud on the air. And also, if you want to like us on Facebook, make sure you go to www.facebook.com slash that's entertainment radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one, that's T H A T S, entertain, and the number one. You can also follow me on X formerly known as Twitter, at Stiletto14, Stiletto, like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. that's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a mostly cloudy, 46 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out, like I do all the time, to all my listeners out there, thank you for once again for hanging out with me and, and tuning in week after week and joining me here on Blog Talk Radio. So uh, how has everyone been? How's your uh, Thanksgiving holiday went? I hope everyone had a great time spending with loved ones and family members. And uh, it's official. It's the start of the holiday season. Right here in New York, we just lit the uh, Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center, so everybody's excited, people coming from all over the world to see this uh, lighting of the tree. So it's, 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 been, it's going to be an exciting time. Also, uh, before I get started with the show, I want to make a few announcements. Uh, at the, uh, you know, if you've been following the show, you've been listening to the show for 14-plus years now on Blog Talk Radio, you know we do an end-of-the-year show. Every December we do a rundown of all the top entertainment stories that made the headlines in 2023. So make sure you look out. I will be, uh, you know, if you like us on our Facebook page and Twitter page, you'll uh, get to know when the dates of that show would be. Also, uh, February is uh, every year in February I do my annual Valentine's Day show. Uh, It's the one time of the year where I do a full two hours of music from some of my favorite artists and uh, of love songs and slow jams just to celebrate the lovers' holidays. So if you want a a nice, quiet evening, you don't have any plans, or if you do want to spend some nice quality time with that special someone, make sure you tune in to the Valentine's Day show. I will also be posting that show as well on social media. Uh, Lots to talk about as usual. This week we're going to be talking about one of my favorite 
uh, duos in music, uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. When I heard about this news about uh, that Daryl Hall is accusing his uh, band member, John Oates, of betrayal, and then he's filing a, a... a restraining order. I I was taken aback because just last October, October 2022, I went to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut at the casino resort up there and saw them live in per- person in concert. And nothing seemed like out of the ordinary. They were sung all their hits, and now they're suing each other. So we're going to be talking about that, and I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, also this week, uh, there is, remember the last time we were on the air, how uh, Cassie, Sean Diddy Combs, uh, longtime ex-girlfriend, uh, had sued him for, um, she had made some accusation of uh, rape and sexual assault and abuse. Well, two more other women came out claiming that uh, for alleged sexual assault on Diddy. And uh, I'll tell you the latest of what's going on with that. Also, uh, Jonathan Major has returned to New York City Criminal Court this week to start the for the beginning of his uh, assault trial. Tell you more about that. Also, Lenny Kravis is in the news. He's opening up about a frustration he had throughout his career. I'll tell you what that's all about. And Ozzy Osbourne was worried that his uh, family reality show, The Osbourne, ruined his kids' lives. And that's just the beginning. Let's get started. Uh, Daryl Hall has accused his longtime music partner, John Oates, of committing the ultimate partnership betrayal by planning to sell his share of the Hall & Oates duo joint venture without the, without the other's permission. Uh, Hall said in a court declaration supporting his lawsuit to keep the transaction paused. In the declaration filed this past Wednesday, actually yesterday, in a Nashville uh, chancery court, Hall also laminated the deterioration of his relationship with and trust in his musical partner of more than half a century. The joint venture in question includes Hall and Oak trademarks, personal names and likeness rights, record royalty income and website and social media assets. The, this is what the declaration has stated. In his own court filing on Wednesday, oh, uh uh, John Oates said that he was disappointed in uh, Hall's inflammatory, outlandish, and inaccurate statement about him and argued that he had been trying for some time to enhance their business partnership. A judge had issued a temporary restraining order blocking the sale of Oates' share of Whole Oats Enterprises, LLP, to Primary Wave IP Investment Management, LLC, while legal proceedings and a previous initiated arbitrary continue. A court hearing is scheduled uh, for Thursday in the case, and Hall is seeking further court action to keep the transaction on hold. Now, Oates argued that in his filing that the court should not extend the temporary restraining order, and he said he didn't want to publicly address details of business dealing that he considered private matters. But in a rejoinder to the suggestion that he was the one causing a rift, he argued that Hall had been trying for years to be seen as an individual. Um, You know, they said that over the years, uh, they said that Daryl had consistently and publicly been adamant about being perceived as an individual rather than as a part of a duo or group. Uh, he had insisted on uh, as being known as Daryl Hall and John Oates, rather the most commonly known Hall and Oates. Oates' declaration said that on the, on this point he agreed, and now he must act with truthfulness and make decisions that are right for uh, himself, his family, and his artistic future. A Nashville uh, Chancery Court judge issued a temporary restraining order on November 16th, the same day Hall filed his lawsuit, writing that Oates and others involved in his trust can't move to close the sale of their shares until an arbitrary arbiter in a separate file case weighs in on the deal, or until the judge order expires, typically within 15 days, unless a judge extends the deadline. Hall's declaration was initially filed in the arbitration case. 
Now, the lawsuit contends that Hall opened an arbitrary process on November 9th against Oates and the other defendants in the lawsuit. Oates' wife, Amy, and Richard Flynn, in their roles as co-trustees of Oates, uh, of the uh, Oates Trust, uh, Hall was seeking an order preventing them from uh, selling them parts in whole Oats Enterprises to Primary Wave Music. Primary Wave has already owned significant interest in Hall and Oats song catalog for more than 15 years. In other words, uh, he, uh, 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 I think Oats wanted to sh- uh, he wanted to sell their catalog, and Daryl Hall wasn't having it. So. Uh, the lawsuit also says that Oates team entered into a letter of intent with Primary Wave Music for the sale and alleged further that the letter makes clear that the music dual business agreement was disclosed to Primary Wave Music in violation of a confidentiality provision. Additionally, Hall said in his declaration that he would not approve such a sale and doesn't agree with the Primary Wave business model. Hall said he was blindsided by O's plan to sell his part of whole Oats Enterprises. And Hall said that in his declaration that the the ordeal had unfolded while he was when he was when he was on tour throughout the US and the West Coast and Japan and Manila. Hall said that he believed Oats timed the sale to create the most harm to him. Uh, he also accused uh, Hall also accused Oates of becoming aversive and aggressive instead of professional and courteous towards him in the last several years. And as part of a proposed global divorce, Hall said he was entertaining Oates' idea to dissolve the touring entity and a separate partnership related to their musical composition and publishing. While Hall raised the idea of dissolving uh, the whole Oates enterprises. Now, Daryl Hall and John Oates, they got their start at Temple University as students before signing with Atlantic Records in 1972. And in the decades since, they had achieved six platinum albums and many more top ten singles with their unique approach to blue-eyed soul. Hall and Oates was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014, and the duo's latest album, Home for Christmas, was released in 2006. The pair continues to perform as of last year. So, exactly. Uh, thank you, BN Show, for uh, commenting in the chat room. Yeah, it all comes down to money. And I, and you notice all these groups that the the band and uh, they no longer get it. All comes down to money. Just like look at Salt and Pepper. It's a perfect example. Salt and Pepper didn't want Spinderella, their longtime friend and DJ, to be part of the group. Didn't want to pay her anymore, so they decided to let her go. And she ended up putting legal actions against them. So, And it's sad to see this because I was a big fan of Hall and Oates from the 80s. Not that, I guess that's telling my age, but... And I, like I said earlier in the show, I just saw them perform in concert live last year in uh, Mohican Sun in Connecticut. And, uh, oh, BN Show said that their catalog has to be worth $50 million plus, probably $50 million and more. Who knows? But uh, it's sad to see these uh, rock and roll Hall of Famers going at it like this. You know, they, they've been in – they've been – performing way before I even knew about them. And to see this breakup like this and lawsuits and, 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 and accusations of, um, I mean, it's just terrible. It really is. It really is terrible. Um, also uh, this week uh, we're going to be talking about um, Sean Diddy Combs. And in the wake of his three lawsuit alleging sexual assault, he has temporarily stepped aside as chairman of Revolt, the music-oriented television network he co-founded in 2013. Representative for Combs confirmed the news to Variety, and a statement posted to Revolt Instagram page read like this. It said, quote, Sean Penn has stepped down from his position as chairman of Revolt, and while Mr. Combs had previously had no operational or day-to-day role in the business, this decision helps to ensure that Revolt remains steadfastly focused on our mission to create meaningful content for the culture and amplify the voices of all black people throughout this country and the African diaspora. 
Now, earlier this month, R&B singer Cassie accused Combs of raping and beating her over the course of a decade. Cassie, whose real name is Cassandra Ventura, previously recorded for Combs' Bad Boy record label, and just one day after the suit was filed, Ventura and Combs reached a settlement. Now, Combs maintained his innocence as his attorney said in a follow-up statement, saying, quote, just so that we're clear, a decision to settle a lawsuit, especially in 2023, is no way an admission of wrongdoing. Mr. Combs' decision to settle this lawsuit does not in any way undermine his flat-out denial of the claims. He is happy they got a mutual settlement and wishes Ms. Vertura the best. Now, Combs was hit with another lawsuit last week filed under the New York Adult Survivor Act by Joy Dickerson Neal, who alleged that Combs drugged, sexually assaulted, and abused her, and that she was the victim of revenge porn created and distributed by the rapper. The suit also named Combs' uh, company Bad Boy Entertainment and Combs uh, Enterprises as defendants. And according to the complaint, Dickerson, Neal, and Combs met while she was a student at Syracuse University in 1991, and she agreed to attend a dinner with him after appearing in one of his music videos. Dickerson, Neal, alleged that Combs intentionally drugged her during the dinner, sexually assaulted her, recorded it on video, and shared the tape with others. Dickerson, Neal, is suing Combs for substantial and lifetime injuries that she says resulted from the alleged assault, including several... Uh, severe depression, and suicide uh, intentions. Now, per the complaint, Dickinson Neal is demanding a trial by jury and compensation for alleged mental and emotional injury, distress, pain, and suffering, and injury to her reputation. Now, spokesperson for Combs told Variety uh, that they said, quote, that these are fabricated claims falsely alleging misconduct from over 30 years ago and filed at the last minute. This is nothing but a money grab, and because of Mr. Combs' famous success, he is an easy target for anonymous accusers who lie without conscience or consequence for financial benefit, unquote. Now, Combs started Revolt in 2013 with Andy Sean and formed a distribution pack with Comcast Corporation. The network is behind shows include Love and Respect with Killer Mike, Revolt, Black News, and Sneaking In with Drewski. Jonathan Major returned to New York City Criminal Court for the start of his assault trial, which began Wednesday after numerous delays. Jury selection is expected to start in the late afternoon, and Major arrived in the lower Manhattan courtroom uh, just carrying a Bible, a notebook, and a mug. And he was holding hands with girlfriend Megan Good, who, by the way, is a friend to the show. She was a guest on our show a couple of years ago back. And she attended the – she has made several course appearances being by major side. Uh, the Marvel actor was arrested in Manhattan on March 25th after an alleged domestic dispute with his then-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. Major had pleaded not guilty to the four charges of assault and aggravated harassment that had been leveled against him. A fifth charge of strangulation has been dropped. He faces up to a year in jail if he's convicted. Now, um, here is the latest. Um, much of the morning was, uh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, much of the morning was spent um, debating the defense motion to request, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, the motion, the 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 request to con, uh, the uh, the contested evidence that remained under seal and barred from public view due to the high profile nature of the case and allegations against majors. Now, members of the media filed a motion to oppose this ruling while applied to a single pretrial issue and not the entire trial. Now, the defense attorney told the judge that he believed the disclosure of sensitive information will deprive his clients of the right to a fair trial. The attorney who represents the new entities who filed the motion, said she wasn't wasn't getting ready to seal information but argued that press should have access on behalf of the public. So now the judge moved to seal 
the hearing as well as the documents on this issue because the only way to prevent taunting the jury pool, the information will become public if the evidence is found to be omissional for trial. Now, at the time of Major's arrest, uh, Jabari told officers that she was assaulted and taken to the hospital with minor injury to her head and neck, and after the alleged altercation in a taxi, now, the defense attorney for Major alleged it was Jabari who assaulted Majors and not the other way around. In April, Jabari was granted a temporary order of protection, which means that the two parties cannot have any direct or third-party contact. The order remains in place. Now, Jabari was arrested on October 26th and charged with assault and criminal mischief in connection to the March incident. And according to the New York Police Department, the Manhattan District Attorney Office said that it declined to prosecute the case against Grace Jabari because it lacked uh, prosecutorial merit. The matter is now closed and sealed. So in the wake of this allegation, Major has been cut from feature film projects and dropped by his PR team at the lead company, as well as his management, Entertainment 360. WME still represents the actor. He has a major role as the villain, Kang the Conqueror, in Disney's sprawling Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right now, we have 21 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to follow us, if you want to uh, check out us on Facebook, just go to facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one That's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, the number one. You can also follow me at Stiletto14. That's S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. And... Uh, Lenny Kravis is opening up about a frustration he had throughout his career. In the winter of 2023, issues of Esquire, the rock star spoke candidly about his life and career since breaking out in the 90s and revealed that he feels as though his music and success is not celebrated by the folks who run black publications and organizations. The Grammy winner explained to Esquire that he feels like outlets that could have recognized him and his work over the years have not. And in addition to the musician mentioning that the magazine Vibe didn't put him on their cover until nearly, nearly a decade into his career, he offered several other examples. Kravis said, quote, to this day I have not been invited to a BET thing or a Source Award thing, unquote. The hitmaker also expressed how challenging it was to feel like he was underestimated by white critics when he debuted. And although the flyaway singer spoke about his frustration, he shared that he's not here for accolades. And throughout his career, Kravis has received nine Grammy nominations, including for wins for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance. As for the nods he garnered from black organizations, the singer-actor received a single nomination from the BET Soul Train Awards back in 2018 for the Soul Train Certified Award and has earned nods for his accomplishment in films. And according to IMDB, he was nominated by the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture in 2010 and 2013 for Precious and The Hunger Games, respectively, and twice by the Black Real Awards, including Best Supporting Actor for Precious in 2010 and Outstanding Soul for The Butler, You and I Ain't No More, in 2014. Next year, the performer will release his 12th studio album, Blue Electric Light. Uh, the record, which is due March 15, marks his first full-length album in over five years, following 2018 Ray's Vibration and 2014's Strut. Ozzy Osbourne was worried his family reality show, The Osbourne, ruined his kids' lives. The Black Savage rocker and his wife, Sharon Osbourne, along with their children, Kelly Osbourne and Jack Osbourne, became stars of the small screen back in 2002 when their TV series debuted on MTV, and it was a huge success as millions tuned in to watch the family's zany antics. 
But they shelved it in 2005 after four seasons. Ozzy told Rolling Stones as he admitted they walked away from the show over fears it was not good for the family well-being. He also insisted that the Osborne was different to reality TVs these days because it was totally natural and unscripted. Ozzy and Sharon Kids, Kelly and Jack were regulars on the show, but elder Amy decided not to take part. The rocker is also dad to adopt a son, Elliot Kingsley, as well as son, Louie, and daughter, Jessica, from his marriage to his first wife, Thelma. The couple filmed the show at their home in Los Angeles, where they had lived for many years, but they recently decided to leave the U.S. and move back to their native U.K. Sharon recently admitted she hopes the move will give Ozzy more privacy as he battles Parkinson's disease. The couple spent four years playing the move, which was delayed several times due to ongoing renovations of their country house, but they have now made the switch and are planning to split their time between Britain and the U.S. where their kids live. And in partnership with the Ann Cyphers Family Fund Corporation, Offset has announced his second annual Toys for the Nuff Christmas charity event. The Grammy-nominated rapper, philanthropist, and fashion influencer successfully held the inaugural event last December where he and his team gave back to the community in a major way. This year's set will return to Gwyneth, Georgia on Saturday, December 2nd. Uh, with a fun-filled Christmas-themed carnival and a toy giveaway. The event has supported over 248 families, including approximately 500 children per uh, press release. Wow. Uh, The incredible feat was made possible by the uh, insurance of uh, 85 community volunteers and partnerships, including the Lawrenceville Boys and Girl Club, Alpha Psi Alpha Fraternity, Inc., and Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc. Uh, the additional donors and sponsors contribute $35,000 in toys and logistics, leading the Gwyneth County local officials to present Offset and Toys for the North with an honorary key to Gwyneth County and a key to the city by David Steele, the mayor of Lawrenceville, Georgia. This year, Offset uh, hopes to double the number of families served from last year, provide winter coats for families, offer an on-site wellness check, including immunization and blood pressure checks, uh, bring attention to importance of Internet access for all, provide barber service for kids, and offer a festive Christmas carnival. How nice is that? You go ahead, Offset. You know, you don't hear too many uh, events like this uh, when it comes to celebrities. Uh, right now we have here uh, 27 minutes after the hour. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, Stephen Colbert. Uh, he has to cancel his whole week of guests because he had a rupture appendix. I'll tell you more about that. And uh, Kelsey Grammer is still thinking about the possibility of rebooting the early 2000 hit show Girlfriends. And Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo have been named as the musical guests for the final two episodes of Saturday Night Live. And Kim Kardashian comedy has reportedly been sold to Netflix. And Jennifer Lopez, This Is Me, Now the Film, will document her publicly scrutinized love life. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't you go anywhere.
Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo has been named as the musical guest for the final two episodes of Saturday Night Live of 2023. The NBC comedy show made the announcement on its official social media account on Wednesday, November 29th. Olivia is set to perform in the December 9th episode, which will see Adam Driver serving as the host, while the vampire singer is expected to sing tracks from her chart-topping album, Guts. The actor will be promoting his new film project, Farron, which will be released in theaters on December 25th. I'm sorry, uh, his new project, Ferrari, which will be released on December 25th. Now, that will be Olivia's second gig on the popular show. She previously performed Driver's License and Good For You from her debut album, Sour, in 2021. Adam, meanwhile, is also no stranger to hosting the show, as he did three times in 2016, 2018, and 2020. And as for Billy, uh, the happier-than-ever the happier hitmaker is scheduled to perform um, on December 16th. She will be joined by SNL alum Kate McKinnon, who will be on hosting duties. The pairing doesn't come as a surprise as both of them were involved in Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Uh, Kate played Weird Barbie in the hit movie, while Billy contributed What Was I Made For to the soundtrack. Now, Billy's upcoming gig will mark her third time on SNL. She made her debut in 2019, promoting her debut LP, When We, Fall, we, when we All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, uh, she later pulled a double duty as host and musical guest in 2021. Meanwhile, it will be the first time for Kate, who was a cast member for 10 years, to host the show. And prior to their episode, Emma Stone will appear as the host for the December 2nd episode. And uh, Noah Cahan uh, is set to join the actress as musical guest. And uh, Kim Kardashian's comedy, get this, has reportedly been sold to Netflix. That's right. The 43-year-old reality superstar is normally seen on Hulu as part of her family mega-hit show, The Kardashian, but is to star in and produce the comedy film The Fifth Wheel, and its rival streaming giant has won the bidding war for its distribution. An insider told Deadline that Kim has been very hands-on in the process to sell the female-driven comedy, appearing at each meeting to deliver the pitch, and the studios are lining up to get in business with her. Kim recently appeared in season 12 of American Horror Story, portraying P.R. Siobhan Walsh alongside Emma Roberts, Matt uh, Zuri, and uh, Cara Delevingne. Now, she also voiced the poodle Dolores in a pair of Paw Patrol films. The news about a potential move into live-action movie come after her mom, Kris Jenner, raised concern about her daughter having too much of her plate in the latest season of The Kardashians. And Jennifer Lopez, This Is Me Now, the film which will document her publicly scrutinized love life. The 54-year-old singer was revealed, uh, has revealed plans to release a new album and a corresponding short film in 2024, and the project will offer an honest insight into her high-profile love life. The Dave Meyer-directed film has been described in a press release as a narrative-driven, intimate, reflective, sexy, funny, uh, fant- uh, fant- uh, fantastical, and highly visual musical re-imaging of her publicly scrutinized love life. Written by Jennifer, the project will stream globally on Amazon Prime Video platform. It will also feature a nod to Jennifer's high-profile romance with Ben Affleck. And filming on the upcoming Michael Jackson biopic has finally begun. That's right. Kicking off the production on Monday, November 27, Jafar Jackson was seen emulating his late uncle in the first photo from the set in Los Angeles. Jafar appeared to copy one of Michael's stage looks, mining the signature hat. Uh, the actor could be seen standing in front of a white backdrop and showing his dance moves while rehearsing with an empty microphone before cameras started rolling. Now, Jafar was announced to be cast as his uncle in Antoine Fuquay's film back in January. In a recent interview with EW, Antoine said he's blown away by Jafar's uncanny resemblance to the late King of Pop. And asked about his approach to the film, which is scheduled to arrive in 2025, he said, quote, just to tell the facts as we know it about the artist, about the man, about the human being, you know the good, bad, and the ugly, unquote. 
And uh, James Cameron will spend two years on post-production for Avatar 3. The 69-year-old filmmaker has given an update on the upcoming movie, which follows last year's Avatar The Way of Water, and after a release was delayed, he is targeting a launch by the end of 2025. Earlier this year, Cameron offered a hint of what fans can expect from the next sequel as he pushes on with plans to have five films in the blockbuster series. He told Deadline, quote, Fire has a symbolic purpose in the film, and there's a culture that is specifically around that concept, unquote. Disney previously announced the next three movies in the sci-fi franchise has been delayed by a year, with Avatar 3 coming on December 19, 2025, while Avatar 4 will uh, follow four years later with Avatar 5. Expected on the same day in 2031, a whole 22 years after the first movie dropped in 2009. Wow. And uh, Sir Paul McCarthy and Sir Elton John are expected to appear in the sequel to This Is Spinal Tap. Director Rob Reiner has announced that production on the follow-up to his acclaimed 1984 rock mockumentary will begin in February of 2024 and is set to include cameo appearances from the two music titans. Country star Garth Brooks and a few other surprises are also teased by the uh, misery of filmmaker to feature. Uh, They said that um, they're going to begin starting shooting at the end of February, and everybody is back. That's what Rob's told uh, uh, the RHLSTP, which Richard Herring's podcast. Uh, This is Spinal Tap, starring Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, uh, and Harry Shearer as a member of the fictional English heavy metal band Spinal Tap. Uh, Rayner plays the role of filmmaker Marty D. Berge, who puts together the mockumentary that chronicles the lives of the band during the American leg of their tour. McKeon, uh, Shearer, Shearer, and Guess are all returning as David St. Hubbins, Derek Smalls, and Nigel Tufnell, respectively, to form the nucleus of the band. Reiner explained last year that he wanted the sequel to be released in 2024 to mark 40 years since the original flick. And uh, there's apparently more to the story behind Jane, uh, Jane, uh, Jenna Ortega's uh, exit from the Scream franchise. Uh, after it was revealed last week that the actress would not return for Scream 7, also written as Scream uh, 8, or I guess uh, also read as um, it's written as screen with the Roman numeral 7. The real reason behind her departure has now been uncovered. Now, according to our new report, the 21-year-old exit from the next installment wasn't that amicable. The rising star refused to reprise her role as Tara Carpenter in the new sequel because of pay dispute, what we were talking about earlier the money aspect of everything. This is what The Hollywood Reporter had learned. Now, the site claimed that Ortega, whose career has skyrocketed thanks to her role on Wednesday, asked for a bigger pay day for Scream 7. She was paid sums in the sixth digit for her two previous appearances in the Scream film so far, and her team, her team was reportedly seeking for a pay raise into the seven figures. In the end, no new deal was reached between Ortega's team and Spyglass, but it's reportedly didn't come as a big surprise for the actress team as they had expected that the studio would bulk. Now, this wasn't the first time the Scream franchise lost a star due to salary issue. Nev Campbell returned in 2022 Scream, but refused to reprise her role as Sidney Prescott in Scream 6 due to a salary dispute. Now following Ortega's departure, producers are reportedly keen to convince Campbell to reclaim her iconic character. They allegedly also considered dabbing uh, Patrick Dempsey as uh, another option. The Grey's Anatomy alum has a scene-stealing turn in 2000 Screens 3, but has never appeared in subsequent movies. And besides Ortega, uh, Melissa Barrera, who played Ortega's on-screen sister Sam Carpenter, will not return in Screen 7 either. And unlike Ortega, who has no deal in place for the seventh installment, the In the High star was cut from the rest 
well, well, she was cut from the next film due to her social media posts about the Israeli-Hamas war. Right now, we got 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day. So don't go anywhere. John Cook from BTS and standing next to you. We got 11 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, will still top the game of its second weekend. Uh, The Lion Gate action film could not be destroyed by some newcomers during the crowded holiday race leading the North American chart with an estimated $28.8 million over the traditional weekend. Now, the Hunger Games prequel bagged an estimated $42 million for the five-day frame, and after opening last week with $44 million, the lowest start of the franchise, it dropped 35% in the second week, the smallest of both the franchise of, and of any blockbuster in 2023. Napoleon... Uh, cannot conquer the domestic chart, but is managed to land at number two with a better than expected 20.4 million over the traditional weekend and a 32.5 million in its first five days of release. The Ridley Scott directed War Epic has made 78.8 million globally so far. 
and the move comes in well ahead of expectation for an adult drama. Its performance is also impressive considering the so-so reviews with an average rating of 6.2 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes and a B- on cinema scores from moviegoers. The top two movies this weekend apparently distracted moviegoers' attention from which Disney's latest release lacked charm as it lands at number three with an estimated $19.5 million for the three days and $31.7 million for the five days. Now, heading into the holidays, the animated movie was projected to top the domestic charts over the Thanksgiving weekend with $35 million over the traditional weekend and at $45 million to $50 million in the first five days of release. However, it fell short of expectations with a weak opening. At the fourth place, Troll Band Together added an estimated $17.5 million, bringing its domestic gross to $64.5 million and its worldwide revenue to $145.8 million. Thanksgiving falls two places to number five with an estimated $7.3 million, dropping only 29.4 from last week. Overall, the 2023 Thanksgiving box office was up a hefty 40% or more from last year with $172 million in ticket sales, the highest tally since the pandemic slowed down the movie theater business. But it hasn't lived up to its pre-COVID times when revenues regularly topped $250 million. And the wait for new Jessica Simpson music is nearly over. In a new interview with Footwear News, the singer and entrepreneur opened up about spending more time in Nashville creating new music in the city and gearing up to release an album and tour for the first time in over a decade. Uh, She said it's like a retreat for her. She said she gets to crawl up inside her head and embrace her heart. Um, and that's what she said that by living in Tennessee and creating music, she feels so enlightened there. The uh, with the with you performer's last album, Happy Christmas, was released in 2010, while her most recent non-holiday project, Do You Know, came out in 2008. She put out six songs alongside her 2020 memoir, Open Book, and released a cover of Nothing But These Particles the following year, but it had been a while since she'd been in the swing of mus- musicianship. And according to Footwear News, Simpsons plans to release her next album in early 2024, followed by a concert tour, and she's already written over 400 poems this year. Cher is continuing her chart-topping reign. The 77-year-old music icon this week earned a number, new number one on Billboard Dance Electronic Digital Song Sale chart for her first holiday single, DJ Play a Christmas Song, a milestone that put her in the history books as the first female artist to have top hit for the past seven decades straight. Joining her in that milestone landmark are the Rolling Stones, who have also had at least one new number one on the Billboard charts every decade between the 1960s and 2020s. Cher first Billboard number one came in 1965 with the song I Got You, Babe by Sonny and Cher. Her song Gypsy, Tramps and Thieves, Half Breed, and Dark Lady also earned her number one during the 1970s, as well as her song with Sonny, All I Ever Needed Is You. Meanwhile, the 1980s saw Cher grab the number one spot of the adult contemporary chart with her Peter uh, Cetera's After All, as well as her If I Could Turn Back Time in 1989. She then went on to uh, also bag more number ones in the 1990s with Strong Enough, All or Nothing, and Believe. Hit songs for the lovely, a different kind of love song, and When the Money Gone, also all reached number ones in the 2000s, as well as You Haven't Seen the Last of Me and Woman's World in 2011 and 2013. Nicki Minaj has spoken out against streaming platforms after an alleged scrap track from her forthcoming album, Pink Friday 2, leaked. On Tuesday, November 21st, Minaj react to, uh, she reacted to some unsettling info on X after the Barbs delivered the news that her unreleased single, I think it's Bam Bam, was illegally uh, streaming. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, was illegally streaming and it began charting. Uh, Minaj has previewed the track earlier this year during a live stream and offered a snippet on her website. In a since-deleted ex-post caught by uh, All Hip Hop, 
the Red Ruby the Sleeve rapper demanded that Apple Music and Spotify immediately remove the song. Minaj also demanded a refund from the streaming app for alleged thievery while pointing out that low pay per stream rate. Now, ahead of the leak being uh, stripped from streaming services, Bam Bam began climbing the Apple Top Ten uh, Top Hip Hop and Rap Song chart, reaching as high as, get this, number 14 at one point. Fans immediately began um, reacting to the high energy leak track. One fan reminded other barbs to respect Nicki Minaj's wishes and not purchase any illegal music. Last month, Minaj released a limited-time free website release from PF2 that was declared not a single. She announced to her fan base that the gift was for her core fans and everyone who cared enough to participate in her ongoing Pink Friday giveaways. Pink Friday 2 was set to originally release on November 17, but will now drop on Minaj's birthday, December 8. And Forbes has named Bad Bunny as the new king of pop in its latest 30 Under 30 issue. While the Puerto Rican rapper had has a long list of achievements to make him fit the title, some fans expressed their disagreement on social media, insisting that the title will continue to belong to Michael Jackson. A fan wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, saying, quote, that's a big reach. Your arm must be hurting. Stop this narrative. He is nowhere near iconic status. King of pop, what talent, impact, and global reach? He's not even a pop artist. That's what someone else added. Another fan echoed the sentiments, writing, quote, that crown ain't going anywhere, no matter how many times the press try to force into whoever is the flavor of the month, buddy, unquote. Now, a user, meanwhile, pointed out that the title was a disrespect to Latino culture. That aside, Bad Bunny reached a new milestone as he scored 23rd, his, he scored his 23rd number one on Latin Airplay with Un Preview. He's now tied with Malumo, no, I'm sorry, Maluma uh, for the fifth most number one overall since Latin Airplay began in 1994. J Balvin still holds the top position with 36 number one songs. Bad Bunny Preview also became his ace solo leader, un- unaccompanied by any other act. It's the third number one song as a soloist with an English-language title after Moscow Mule and Where She Goes, tops Latin airplay. And uh, Ludacris went above and beyond to entertain fans while performing at the New Orleans Saint NFL game against the Atlanta Falcons. The, fir- the Fast and Furious actors uh, rappled. Uh, down the the top of uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, The 46-year-old did his stunt on Sunday, November 26th, while rapping to his 2001 track, Move B. Although it looks terrifying, the rapper actor seemingly enjoyed it as he shared a video of his performance on Instagram. He captured it, I got some Georgia Dome today. Uh, For that uh, he it, many of has since applauded Ludacris in his comment section. Among them was comedian Kevin Hart, who gushed, "Yes, sir, a legend doing legendary, you know, shit." That's what he said. Fellow rapper Russ Rave saying, "Next level, the game chime in. That's right here. This right here is the fire emoji." Uh, this arrived just a few days after Ludacris confirmed that he will release new music in 2024. Yeah, some music project will be coming out next year. And that song was A Move Bitch, that, that 2001 track that he uh, did at, the, uh, at the, uh, the New Orleans versus the Atlanta Falcon game on Sunday. And SZA has come out as the biggest winner at the 2023 Soul Train Music Awards after tying Usher and Summer Walker for the most nomination with nine each. The Good Day songstress ruled the award show with four wins. And at the event, which honored the best in black culture, music, and entertainment, SZA nabbed four trophies, including Best R&B, Soul Female Artist. She beat the like of Beyonce Knowles, Coco Jones, Janelle Monet, and Walker for the title. The 34-year-old also won Album of the Year for her second studio effort, SOS, and Song of the Year for Snooze. Meanwhile, her fourth trophy was the Ashford Simpson Songwriter Award for Snooze. Usher trailed behind 
Online Sizzle with three wins, including Best R&B Soul Male Artist. The R&B icon was honored with Certified Soul Award and bagged Best Collaboration for Good Good, featuring Walker and 21 Savage. Victoria Monet scored two awards for Best Dance Performance on My Mama and Video of the Year on My Mama. Uh, Jones was named Best New Artist, while Best Group Award went to Maverick City Music. The show also handed out the Spirit of Soul Award to Monet and the Legend Award to T-Pain. Kiki Palmer hosted the show, which was broadcast on Sunday night, November 26th, on BET and BET Her. And in lieu of a traditional war show format, this year's ceremony took on a new concept and became a soulful party in Hollywood. And uh, Kanye West is looking to buy out Lil Durk's contract. The Chicago rapper wants to free his friend from his current record label, Alamo Records, after it blocked a collaboration between the two. Sources claim in the new outlet that Yee and Durk have worked together on a new track that was planned to be included in the former new album that he currently working on in Saudi Arabia and Dubai. However, the label CEO, Todd Maskowitz, allegedly refused to give a clearance for uh, Dirk's verse to be released in the aftermath of the two rappers' latest collaborative song, Vultures. In other related news, the Yeezy designer performed the track live for the first time at Blue Dubai Nightclub on Sunday, November 26th. He was joined by Dirk. Ty Dolla Sign, as well as Chicago rap legend Bump J during the performance. And uh, let's see here. That is it for now for this week. Uh, tune in next time when we do it all over again. I'd like to thank the BN Show for tuning in and commenting on some of the stories of today. Uh, tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Make sure you stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>